what flies without wings, my friend, it is time. And I mean this in the broader sense as well as the day-to-day. My oldest boy is turning nine this week. Nine. That means I have been living the parent life for a decade now. And that just, it really blows my mind. I remember parents before me saying that, like, oh, time goes so fast. When my boy was born, people would hold him and say, gosh, you forget how small they are. It goes so fast. And I mean, it's not that I didn't believe them. I just kind of thought, well, yeah, what did you expect? (laughs) But now that I'm here, it's like I grasp it on this deeper level and I have a deeper respect for time. I truly believe time is the greatest currency above money, above anything else. It's time and it's something we want more of, we never have enough of. I was at the gym the other morning and this woman, I was just picking her brain like, you know, what do you like about coming here? What keeps you coming? And then I asked her, what is your biggest obstacle in taking care of yourself? To which she replied, you can probably guess it, (laughs) time. She said she just lacks the time she wished she had to care for her body in the way she would like to. And I know she's not alone. This is a day-to-day conversation I have with friends and mentors and clients. We are all looking for how can we get more out of a 24-hour period because we cannot have more than 24 hours in a day. So today I'm really excited to talk about how we can do a little time inventory when it comes to taking care of our health and our food and our exercise. So if you are someone who is maybe currently multitasking, you're listening to this podcast while you are either out for a workout or folding laundry because you are trying to save time now. I just know you are in the right place and you're going to get so much out of today's episode as we figure out how to stop wasting time and what we can do instead to get more out of the time we have to take better care of ourselves. Hey, I am Jess and I'm obsessed with all things nutrition, science, and helping you navigate this information while maintaining a deep sense of peace and empowerment in your body. I'm a registered dietitian who started out with an eating disorder and then fell in love with learning about how God intricately designed our bodies to be resilient and so much more than superficially beautiful. I am now a mama who loves to be healthy, not because of how it makes me look, but because of how it has transformed the energy I can give to my family, my friends, and you. On this show, we hit on real talk around the latest nutrition science and body image resiliency, all while balancing it between grit and grace. Think of this as your weekly audio copy to encourage your empowered eating journey. This is the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. Oh, time. Seriously, we never have enough of it. (laughs) And part of it is in our nature as women. There's a large body of research that shows that women experience greater time stress than men do. They're more likely to feel like things are always to be done. They don't have enough time to do all of them. And this isn't just here in America. This is actually worldwide. There's some research showing that working women report feeling more rushed than men and experience greater stress and anxiety because of that time poverty. And I want to share some statistics with you guys just so just so we can take a minute to appreciate all the things we are juggling and how some of that underlying stress we feel, one, we're not alone, and two, there's a reason for it. Okay, so these stats came from the USDA.gov website where they were actually looking at time poverty and how this promotes self-neglect. There is a limited discretionary time that we as women have, and it's in part largely due to the fact that we are just naturally caregivers, whether that's with our family, our pets, our friends. There is a natural caregiving tendency that we have, 
And this can actually delay us seeking our own medical care. In 2017, 24% of American women reported delaying or not obtaining health care because they could not find the time. And 14% cited trouble finding childcare to help cover their kiddos while they went to take care of themselves. Now, my guess is this number has gone up dramatically since we have gone through the pandemic and there's been a shift in how we just take care of our families. Time poverty has proven to result in poor food choices, less exercise, and more stress. Now, let's look at the flip side of this. The impact of leisure time or that free time on our health. What the research is showing is that leisure time is associated with identity formation and affirmation. And when we're working through the Empowered Eating Method, one of the core pieces of my program is coming to terms with your values. Like, why is it so important for you to take care of your health based on your values, not based on something as fleeting as like youth and beauty, although there are parts that we take care of, sure, but in general and at the core of it, we have to look at our values. Now, our values shape are shaped from our identity, who we are as a woman and who we want to become. Leisure time is what gives us space to build on that, which how many of y'all feel like you have leisure time? I mean, I had somebody ask me the other day, what do you do for fun? And you know, fortunately now I actually have a pretty solid answer. We camp. That's my family's thing. We try to go 30 plus nights out of the year and I'm trying to build on that, but my husband's like, enough. Anyways, that is something that we've introduced as a hobby. But prior to that, if you would have asked me, what do I do for fun? I honestly didn't have an answer or my fun was something productive like grocery shopping. I mean, I still have fun grocery shopping, but that was something I had to do. It wasn't you know, without agenda. And what's interesting about this research is that it's showing that when we have that free time to be without agenda, to step away from the to-do list, this is where we have a stronger identity formation. We can get deeper into our values and get clear on, you know, what kind of life we want to create and how our health fits into that. Now, this same study that looked at those women who struggled with time poverty also looked at men, and they found that men tend to be a bit better at engaging in leisurely activities. They found that fathers engaged in leisurely activities 47% and 35% of the time, during which mothers did childcare and housework, respectively. Now, I read this study and it was actually hilarious because I read it this morning and yesterday's a perfect example. It's football season and my husband is chilling on the couch watching football and I'm like, okay, I got to move this. You know, I'm pulling out all the fall decor and redecorating the house, doing the laundry. And there's parts of the house that just needed like a deep clean. My son's room is freaking atrocious. And so we had to clean that out. And, you know, I wasn't resentful of my husband by any means because I could choose to sit there, but I just, I can't relax on the couch when I know there's so much to be done. And I think men in general just do a much better job of chilling out, sitting down on the couch. And so instead of, you know, coming to a place where I'm like, I wish I could do that, I really decided I'm going to start watching and learning from him. Like, how can I pull in some free time and maybe I need to give myself blocks this has actually helped me where I'll say Jesse you're gonna chill out and sit on the couch for 30 minutes and while watching football may not be my my prime choice you know maybe it's having some fun on Pinterest like looking up recipes I'm such a fashion blog 
lover. I love to read flash fashion blogs, like what's in, what's out this season. So that is one of my goals this week is to carve out some leisure time and see what that does for me. Now, that's not really where we're headed today. Um, we're actually going to dive into saving time and how we can build that into our daily routine so that perhaps we can have some more leisure time. To kick this off, I want to talk about the top two time wasters that I see, well, not that only that I see, that I've lived and now I see playing out in the clients I work with. These are two items that we constantly come back to restructuring, setting boundaries, revisiting and rewiring because they truly suck time and energy. Now, the first one is social media. Social media is a major time suck. And I want you to do me a favor. If you have the capacity to do this right now, pause this podcast and go look at your time reporting. I want you to look at how much time you are spending on social media. And y'all, I just want to be clear here. There, This is not coming from like a, hey, you shouldn't be spending so much time on social media, like a shame place or me telling you what to do. This is actually coming from adjusted her own time inventory study and found she was spending way too much time on social media. So if you open up that time report and you're like, wow, this is embarrassing. I just want you to know I did the same thing. And this is why I'm here talking about it today. There's a few issues with this. The first is that there's some direct damage that we know comes from social media use. Now, social media is addictive and it stimulates that dopamine pathway or that like seeking reward center in our brain just like alcohol or drugs and it can actually hijack the dopamine pathways more quickly and reliably than naturally derived awards such as like studying hard or getting in a good grade or getting up and going to the gym that social media use triggers that instant gratification the effort required to set a goal, go after it, pursue it, that's a delayed access to our reward system. So when we're using things like Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok, it causes this rush of dopamine that gives us that that immediate gratification. Now, recurrent checking of these platforms, it does a few things. So the first thing it does is causes that dopamine dump. And what they're finding is that when we flood the dopamine pathway quicker and more frequently, it can become addictive. And this has been associated with an increase in depression, anxiety, and other mental illnesses. A 2018 British study tied social media use to decreased, disrupted, and delayed sleep, which we know is associated with a myriad of other issues like low motivation, depression, brain fog, and even poor memory and brain performance, like none of which I want and all of which we need to take care of ourselves. The other thing social media does is it starts to create a large volume of noise. And I see this over and over with uh, clients I work with. I have felt it with myself. It's like when we are trying to establish our own definition of healthy and taking care of ourselves based on our values, prioritizing things, saying no. And all of a sudden we're scrolling through social media and seeing her opinion, his opinion, what she's doing, what works for her. It creates distraction and noise. So I think social media is something that we need to be very careful with anytime we are trying to make 
a change within ourselves. When we are on a mission to take care of ourselves, we have to be really, really careful with how we spend time on there. Now, I don't think all social media is bad. I mean, I'm on there. I have a good time. I've connected with a lot of you on social media, but we can set up appropriate boundaries. So one of the recommendations I always set for my clients is, you know, if you're going to be on social media, let's just let it be what it's supposed to be. You know, I kind of think of it like a dessert. When we have a dessert, it's supposed to be a treat, something delicious, something that we have fun and like chill out and enjoy. Maybe it's with a friend or with our family. It's not meant to be something that we, you know, grab in the hallway on our way to the next meeting and don't actually taste. So let's treat social media this way as well. If we want to get on it because for me, I like to watch the doodle dog videos. I'm so obsessed with them. (laughs) But instead of looking at these, you know, at a stoplight or when I'm in between meetings and have just two minutes, maybe like 30 seconds. No, that's not actually helping rejuvenate me. That's a quick dopamine dump that may be causing more damage in the long run. So what I like to do is actually set aside scroll time and I give myself a time limit. It's like, okay, Jess, you've got 10 minutes to scroll, have fun, look at the funny videos, talk about them with your kids, have a good time. But beyond that, let's not include it in your day to day. In other words, let's treat a treat as a treat instead of something that we just pick up and do. So there are two direct and immediate outcomes you can get from setting a boundary with social media. One is you turn down the noise, which creates space for you to work on your empowered eating skills, help you explore your definition of healthy like we do inside the program. It actually helps you walk through that personally and not be polluted by someone else's journey and not that you know someone else's journey isn't valuable absolutely but everybody's story is unique to them and you have to be the author of your own story this is why I'm so passionate in my program I don't tell you what healthy looks like I prompt you with questions to get you to define it so that's number one social media boundaries are going to help you create space in your head for some of the things you're working on here and the other thing it's going to do is free up time look at that time log how much time are you spending on social media can you imagine if you took a fraction of that and you know went for a walk outside or prepped some meals got some snacks did your grocery order there is magic in that extra time we just have to steward it differently to get some of the results we are looking for Okay, so that's number one on the time waster, social media. We could talk about that for quite some time. <laughs> the other one is the scale. Now, this might not be a time waster directly, but it's an energy waster. How many times have you hopped on the scale, gotten off, and thought, wow, that's amazing. I'm doing incredible. And now you are like feeling empowered and energetic. Chances are when you hop on the scale, one of two things happens. Either one, you see a number you like and you're so excited, but then you, you kind of think like, oh, sweet, now I can treat myself. Or number two, it's not enough. It's not good enough. And now you're carrying on to the rest of your day, feeling like you're already behind, discouraged, and not happy enough. So I believe strongly that the scale is a time, is it, sorry, an energy waster. And because it sucks our energy, it wastes our time. Now, I just want to be clear here. I'm not like anti-scale always. I think there's a time and a place for it. And I have to say this because (laughs) so often I have clients come to me and say like, Jess, I weighed myself. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I know. It's okay. It's okay. 
But here's the thing. If you're going to weigh yourself, we have to do it fairly. We have to do it from a non-emotional perspective, looking at the weight as a data point that is a part of our overall biofeedback. And we have to not let it dictate the rest of our day. And if you can check those two boxes, maybe the scale is not an energy waster. Maybe it is something that's helpful for you. But there's some initial work and some unlearning that has to be done before we can get there. As a part of my program, this is something I very clearly talk about, and we talk about setting up healthy boundaries around the scale, what weighing, you know, if you decide to weigh yourself, what that would look like in a productive way, and what other biofeedback markers to track as well. Like if you're going to track your weight, we have to track the other things. You can't just track your weight because that is only a small, small piece of your health puzzle. Okay, so those are the two wasters. Now, if we set some boundaries and or change how we use social media and the scale, we can create a bit more time. So with that extra time, here are two things we can do to get more out of the hours in the day. Number one is what I call double dipping. Now, multitasking is something that is often you know, frowned upon. They say your brain really can't do two things at once. And, you know, that is true in some areas. But when it comes to some of the things we work on here in terms of taking care of our health, moving our body more, feeding our body adequately and often, double dipping or multitasking is freedom. So think of the things you're wanting to do. Like maybe you're wanting to go for more walks during the day. Or maybe you're wanting to meal prep. Maybe you're wanting to get in an extra workout class. Like whatever it is, is there a way for you to do that with someone else or while you're doing something else that's on your responsibility list? So let me give you an example. My husband and I go on a date night almost every Wednesday. It's my favorite part of the week. The last few weeks, our schedules have been quite chaotic and our workout routines have been impacted. So our typical go to dinner, sit down and have a delicious meal date nights, we decided to do a little bit differently and we are doing workout date nights. We go together, we still chat, we still have a great time, we laugh, but we are physically moving our bodies because we haven't been able to do it the way we'd like during the week. Another one is at work. Are any of the meetings you have ones that you can set up as a walking meeting or a moving meeting or can you, if you're listening in on a webinar or a training, is it possible to do that while you're on the Peloton? Can we double dip somewhere? Now that's the movement department. What about the fueling department? This one is so frequently brought to my attention that I don't have, you know, time during the day to eat. Let me tell you, sister, the secret to success here is double dipping, is learning to eat around others, with others, when we are doing all the things we need to do. The way I look at it is that you need air to live, right? When you are with other people, you are breathing. We also need food and water to live. Why would we ever feel the need to apologize about eating or drinking while we are with other people? If you've ever worked with a dietitian before, chances are you've seen him or her eating in one of your sessions. And a big part of that is because we just feel so compelled that that's an imperative part of our day. I mean, I cannot give my best to my clients if I go in with low blood sugar. 
those of you who've worked with me have probably seen at some point I have yawning fits <laughs> when my blood sugar drops and at that point I will let them know hey is it cool if I grab a snack while we chat you know I find it interesting that we live in a world where we feel this is not okay it's not okay to feed ourselves or hydrate ourselves or going to the restroom is an inconvenience those are the basic biological functions that keep us alive so I guess I'm here to state a case for the fact that it's okay for you to do these things as you go about your day and what I think you'll find is that people really don't care they really don't you know now if I'm on zoom and I'm crunching some chips I'll mute it because nobody wants to hear that so we can pull in some courtesy factors however for the most part I've found that when I pull a snack into a meeting, there are other people that go, oh, you know what? I'm going to have a snack too because I haven't had a chance either. We can all come together and quit hiding our hanger. (laughs) We can all say it out loud and have a snack together. Now, the second tip I have for you today on how to get more out of your day is to prep. And I know this is so cliche. It's like meal prep, I know. I got a grocery shop. But I think it's something that sounds very very simple yeah it's really really challenging to do it requires thinking ahead it requires resourcing energy we may not have on a Sunday afternoon to go to the grocery store and pull some things together but here's what I want to invite you to do if you are finding meal prepping is challenging or doing that extra grocery run is you know just feels like work you don't want to do let me ask you something are you bringing perfectionism into this process and what i mean by that is oftentimes i think we have this idea of like meal prepping needs to be making all these proteins and all these carbs and all these veggies and putting them perfectly portioned into my little meal prep containers set up for the entire week and i'm going to have all my snacks lined out i mean that's great that is wonderful and if you have the capacity to do that on a sunday freaking fantastic but if you don't that let's not get stuck in that all or nothing mentality like there is an in-between one of my go-to's on a Sunday afternoon is to put a protein in the instapot and if I don't have a protein in the instapot I've actually already purchased a pre-cooked protein option this week's pre-cooked protein option is lamb strips from Costco thank you Costco and getting some salad mix and my salad dressing so in other words I have this pre like formed salad so it's not even made yet but all I needed was to assemble the components of it to throw it together in the morning and if I don't have it on hand putting in a grocery order which we can you know if you live in a city and you're not getting groceries delivered oh my gosh try it out it will absolutely change your life or doing a quick run to the grocery store but we have to have the tools on hand otherwise we are there's no way we're going to be successful but here's your little pep talk you giving yourself this extra 30 minutes of prep work and again it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be this incredibly instagram worthy meal prep setup it can be something very minimal that you just pull together and you eat the same thing all week long but here's the thing girl you have that food ready for you to fuel your day the way you want it to be fueled if you're listening to this on a monday which is when i drop these episodes You might be thinking, okay, this is great for next Sunday. I'm going to do this for next Sunday. I want to actually challenge you. You're here on a Monday, and if you have not done this already, is there any way you can do it tonight? If we drop some of the perfectionism and overthinking, can you pick one meal that you think through for the week, and you pick up 
the items for at the grocery store on the way home and you set yourself up for success this week. That prep work, again, super simple, but very challenging to do because it requires an extra bit of energy, because it requires thinking ahead, but it is something that goes a really, really long way. Someone asked me the other day, they said, why don't you post more food pictures, Jess? Like, why don't you share? And I just laughed. I'm like, gosh, because if y'all saw how I look in the kitchen and my prepping methods, I mean, it is not pretty. It is not Pinterest worthy, but it's real. And so maybe, you know what? Maybe I will start posting those. (laughs) Maybe I'll share with you guys my mess of a kitchen and my mess of a meals because the way I see it is when I'm eating lunch during the day, going through work and between kids, I'm not eating that meal to sit down and connect with my husband or my family. Like that meal is strictly fuel. So I want to make sure I have really solid, nutritious fuel for my lunches during the week to keep my energy up. I mean, that's the purpose of it. And then I'll have those delicious, satisfying, fun foods maybe later on during the day or in the week when I have the time and the space to do so. Okay, so let's do a little recap. The two time wasters. Number one is social media use creating noise and distraction, possibly increasing depression, impacting our sleep, all around very, very challenging things that really don't help us when we're trying to make a change here in the empowered eating world. So we need to set appropriate boundaries. Number two is the scale. I want you to look at your scale use if you're using it and is it something that is sucking up your energy? Because friend, sister, that energy, that's a time puller. That is something that can waste more time when misdirected than anything else. And then the two ways we can expand our time is one, to double dip. How can you combine some of the goals you have with some of the things you're already doing? And number two, where can you find 30 minutes to prep and set your environment up for success? Just 30 minutes, where can you find that in your week? Monday nights are great, sister, just saying, just saying, because you might be listening to this on a Monday. I hope this sets you guys up for an incredibly empowered week. And if you're looking for more on how to become an empowered eater, I would love to connect with you. You can find more about working with me over at JessBrownRD.com. And you can find more about the Empowered Eating Method, which is my signature program walking you through all of these steps. In order to become an empowered eater, we need two things. One, we need the mentality to persevere, which is a lot of what we do on this podcast. But the second piece that we need is the model. The mentality is the work we do here every single Monday, every single week, and I love it, but if you're ready to take it a step farther, you need that model. And the Empowered Eating Method is the program that sets you up with the model walking you through how to create value-based health goals, how to get reconnected with your values. Like, what is it that you even value? How to pull that into your body's biofeedback, turning up the volume on what your body is already saying to you And then of course, the fuel planning method where we learn more about nutrition. And my favorite part about the program these days, friends, is that we're now doing live group coaching calls. So I'm getting to meet y'all one-on-one, face-to-face, totally free, just as being a part of the program. I hope to see you guys inside of there. All of that information can be found over at JessBrownRD.com. Well, until next Monday, I hope you have a beautiful week, sister. Cheers and happy eating. 
Gosh, I'm so glad you joined me today. If today encouraged you, would you take a minute and encourage me by leaving a review for the show? I read every single one of these reviews and your words, they mean so much to me. This podcast is here to support you weekly, but it only scratches the surface. To learn more on how you can become an empowered eater, snag my free workshop, how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food at jessbrownrd.com. Don't forget to join me right here next Monday where I cannot wait to fuel your awesome. Cheers, my sweet friend, and happy eating.